Welcome back to Process. Today is our special episode number 50, and we'll be announcing the winners of our giveaway at the end of the episode. Stick around for that. But with me right now, I have Francesco D'Alessio. Francesco, welcome to the podcast. Ah, it's great to be back. How are you? Yeah, it's good. I mean, this is kind of a, a new venture for us in the world of process because we haven't had a guest on the episode before. So that's pretty fun. But I'm really excited to have you here and chat through some rapid fire productivity tips. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really good fun. I'm excited. Yeah, well, with that, why don't we just dive right in? Uh, you got number one, so take it away. Yeah, so my first tip um, that I've put down is that uh, I don't think you should touch your phone for the first 30 minutes of the day. Um, this is something I think I stole from uh, somebody else, uh, maybe like Tim Ferriss or uh, someone in that sort of realm. And it's actually really helped me um, be less reactional in the morning. Um, so obviously I have my phone as my alarm. Um, these days I'm using like something called a, a Casper glow, which is like this light that turns on, um, you set a time and it's, it starts brightening up the room from like half an hour from when you set it. Um, so that helps me to use my phone less as an alarm. But once I turn my alarm off, just put my phone away go downstairs, do a little bit of reading or something like that. But the idea behind not touching your phone for the first 30 minutes is really just to, uh, you know, not be so jumping on anything like an email comes in and it, you know, it can really fluctuate your heart rate or if it's a bad one um, or do something negative to you. So that's what I've been doing for the last, say, uh, maybe a year or two now something like that. And it's really helped my sort of start to the morning. Yeah, I have to say that I get really thrown off in the morning too when I pick up my phone the first thing. I have been, honestly, uh, admission time here. I've been doing that a lot recently <laughs> where I'm picking up my phone. I'm checking in on work after I get up in the morning because I'm usually, I've usually got my daughter and the baby. So it's like, I can't really do anything else because I'm holding a sleeping baby. So what, what else am I going to do? I can't run around or play. It's hard to you know, get even breakfast together for my daughter. And so, yeah, it, it's been totally throwing me off and I've been trying to do better at this exact thing. So I'm glad you shared that today. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably have the same problem in a couple of months, but, <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, I guess it's, it, uh, you know, there's one, maybe one day every two weeks where you fall back in the trap, but you then you notice like it even more the next day when you don't do it. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm not, like, because, uh, like, I guess the sort of, like, industry that I'm in as well is, like, reactional to the news. So, like, it also helps to reduce stress when it comes to, like, oh, my God, I've got to review this today because something's been released by Evernote or something like that. So, yeah, really helped. I totally agree. Don't pick your phone up in the morning. Don't engage in technology for that first little bit. I know for me, the big thing that helps in that regard is gets my lets my brain kind of start up and boot up for the day and think about the things that are most important to me and and focus on those things be present instead of just getting magically whisked away to somewhere in the technology space <laughs> yeah yeah that's it yeah you can um and there's this thing that i'm trialing at the moment um called a remarkable tablet paper tablet um i don't know whether you've seen them they're like quite cool little like e-ink displays um but it's weird how like if you like for example i'm using that like for like in afternoons it's weird how much it's sort of a middle ground but also how much you 
notice that you're being on a screen for a lot of the day. Um, and when you're on this, it sort of separates it. So yeah, I'm, I'm always looking into sort of the way that that's used. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the reasons I kind of incorporated paper pretty heavily into my workflow is to get that separation there. Tip number two today is mine. And the idea here is to do it for two minutes if you're stuck. If you get in a place where you're procrastinating and you're just having a really hard time getting started, just start. I remember hearing Merlin Mann years ago talk about this, where if he was trying to write something, he would just start writing a crappy first draft and just start writing for two minutes until his brain got in the mode of actually doing it. And so I've found that, especially if I'm resisting getting something creative done or if I'm resisting doing something that I know is difficult, if I start doing it for two minutes and just get the ball moving, usually I can keep doing it going forward. I don't get too hung up on the particulars at that point, I just keep the ball moving forward. And if you don't get any further than that, so be it. But at least you've given the effort to try to get the ball going in that direction. It's a really good tip. Uh, I like that one because it's just the momentum, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just getting over that hump of, oh my gosh, I'm scared of this task. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then almost, you know, it's the paralysis that comes from fear. And as a result of that, and you just don't do anything. So if you just start doing it and not care about the quality of it to begin with, you'll kick into it and then it'll improve over time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's um, sort of like doing press ups in it at the same time. Like if you do one, chances are you're going to do four <laughs> because you've got that motion going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of harkens back to some of the ideas that James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits where you know, the habits are best done in, if you can do them in under two minutes. But obviously, going and working out, you're not just going to stop at two minutes. It's just a matter of, okay, I can do this in under two minutes, but I'm going to keep going now because I've kicked in to gear my brain in the process of doing that now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I love that tip. The tip that I have for number three is uh, about task management inboxes. Um, and it's to capture everything instantly in a task manager inbox. Um, I've been doing this probably since when I read about GTD in, in school, so almost 10 years now. <laughs> but I, I love the concept of it because it's just something that I do so naturally during the day. Um, and there's, I'd say, two benefits to it. The first is that you're sort of always making sure you don't miss anything, Um David Allen refers to them as open loops, um, these sort of uncompleted tasks in your brain. Um, and the good thing is once it's in a task manager inbox, it's going to go somewhere if you've got a good sort of process. So making sure to capture it's really important. So the value is that it's not sticking around your head. Uh, and the second value that I've only found recently is that say you're out with people um, and you want to like learn about something like you always get recommendations when you're out i remember the other day when i was at coffee at, at, at my wife's family lunch and they someone said oh have you ever seen um tuna fishermen uh do pole line fishing um because it's really impressive and i was like i don't know how we got into the topic of fishing um but you know i i wrote it down instantly on my inbox on my task manager because i was like actually genuinely want to watch this video so it's it's also a really good like social enabler and it's not just good for like you taking in stuff, but it's nice for other people 
because they're like, oh, he's actually going to go out and sort of take the recommendation, you know? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's something to just be aware, you know? I mean, I think one of the things that capturing and building that habits does for people is being more aware of what's going on, not only for yourself and not only what's going on in your email inbox, <laughs> but also what's going on in your relationships. You know, one thing I like to do sometimes is if my wife ever randomly says, hey, having something like this would be really nice. I'm immediately trying to write that down so I can remember yeah. to get that for her birthday or Christmas that year. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. That is, uh, yeah, keep on the ball with what they want. Um, yeah, it's like, also, I found that like having a, uh, I've got Google Home and uh, when you're in the, ki- like when I'm cooking in the kitchen, I'm like, uh, I need to add something to, to do this, but I don't necessarily want to, just been on my laptop for about three hours and I'm like cooking lunch. So I want a bit of a breather um, or I can't get there because my hands are dirty or something like that. I, what I'm starting to do is ask Google to open a Todoist app and then add it using my voice. Um, and I think TikTok has them and they're, they're cropping up all over the to-do list space, but having some, I mean, some sort of smart home, uh sort of setup does help to keep that task management inbox capture as well um and it even helps you you know like before you go to bed and you don't want to get your phone out and we've got one in the bedroom too um thanks to spotify premium giving us one free that was pretty cool um uh, part of the membership i don't know why um and uh yeah so having that like where you don't have to get your phone out and just adding something um i mean it annoys my wife like to hell but you know it's it's handy well, hey, you wouldn't be a productivity nerd if you didn't do that, right? Yeah, of course. I'm sure. We've, <laughs> I'm sure we both. Uh, I'm sure you. you I want to hear your stories about whether you've annoyed your wife about Notion yet, because I think that's happening a lot. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't even brought that topic up. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I I told her I was like, hey, do you mind if I subscribe to this? And she's like, sure, that's fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I haven't brought it up. I'm, I but I have been noticing sometimes. We're like, hmm. This would work really well to plan some stuff in our house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> but, like, mm, introducing database to it. Mm. Yeah, it's like, I, that's probably not going to go very well. It's just, we don't really operate like that around here. I, I operate like that, but as a family, we're, we're pretty low-key and we're pretty flexible about things. But yeah, so nothing crazy there. My major frustration is with Siri, because usually when I say the magic words to get that voice assistant working which i won't say on the air here uh usually it never works so (laughs) that's that's the trouble there but usually when uh, i do that i've gotten my my four-year-old son in the habit of pulling his wrist up to his his mouth and saying you know yo dingus i don't know where that one came from but that was (laughs) from another podcast i think yeah yo dingus we're about to go to school today and that's what he'll do so (laughs) yeah oh my god that's amazing (laughs) <laughs> it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, it's so fun uh just to see your your kids pick up your your little habits and, and quirks that you have that yeah. are good. I'm gonna pick up the bad ones too, unfortunately. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you set them up for success, so that's fine. <laughs> Indeed. Number four today. This one's a little bit higher level of a tip, but it is important, I feel, is to start simple and iterate. Uh, we've talked about that a number of times on the podcast here, but it's the whole idea that 
don't try to plan out everything that you need in your system. If you're getting into Evernote, don't try to plan out every single notebook and tag that you're going to need. Same thing with OmniFocus. Don't necessarily plan out every tag that you're going to need. Don't plan out your entire structure. Start with where you're at, the simple things that you need now, and then build from there. Productivity is much better positioned in our lives to grow and flex with the changes that we have in our lives and in different seasons of our life when we build from an iterative place, because then we can continue to make changes as we go instead of trying to get it all figured out up front. And then when something changes, we have to blow the whole system up to try to get it all sorted out in the long run. And so start at a simple spot. If you're using OmniFocus or you're using a tool like the bullet journal, just make it simple. Start there. And then if you need to add custom spreads or if you need to add awesome perspectives or scripts or Siri shortcut automations or whatever it is into it, as you go, explore doing that. But you don't have to start there because the more important thing to do is to get into the rhythm and the process of using your system of tools instead of trying to get the tools all decked out in cool ways that you know, you've seen other people do them. There's definite value in seeing how other people use their tools and implementing those tips and tricks into your system that makes sense, but you don't have to have it all figured out right away. Yeah, that that's really great software advice, I think, as, as well as like um, workflows. Um, and I've seen that a lot with like people who download Notion and uh, you can get carried away in a lot of these softwares. To oh like, my gosh, you can get carried away in Notion oh, yeah. so easily. <laughs> I like I see it every day. I'm like, oh my god. Um and and you can even get carried away after the sort of week, month number one, and and even dedicate time at the end of the day to literally just keep uh adding to it. And I think it's like good to have a skeleton. Having a simple system gives you a good foundation to build from so that you can focus more on getting the work done that you need to get done. Be intentional in the areas that you need to be intentional in so that your system isn't getting in the way of doing those things. When you have a simple system and a skeleton there that is giving you the frame of what you need, it makes building from there and actually living your life out and being more intentional that much easier. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, Number five, uh, I think this one's a little bit of one that will probably change for myself. Uh, in the near future but having a 30 minute switch off time before um, you finish the for the day Um, and this is a bit of a thing that I've introduced in the last six months is like say about 4 30 and I never had this before so this is probably something that may be a bit maybe alien if you've never tried it but something that now is really helpful for me is just 30 minutes before you finish your day 4 30 if it's that just having a cool down period. Um, you know, occasionally you'll have some things where you won't be able to do that, but having that sort of tone down and, and I've been starting to do like a, a run before the end of the day or, um, something like that, like whether it's going down and doing ironing, (laughs) um, or something that is like manual to do with the house, um, to sort of separate yourself from work. And I think this is something that's probably, I mentioned in our top, 10 remote working tips um feature because or we both mentioned it i think maybe is just have that sort of break away from work um and 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 it's also comes back to the fact that like if you've got your laptop in your in your bedroom 
the one you sleep in, it sort of gives that association to it. So 30 minute switch off has been really helpful, I think. Yeah, I think that's a helpful piece of advice and you can approach it in a lot of different ways. I have done this in the past with a shutdown routine. So instead of just cutting the day off at five o'clock because I got to run downstairs and quick start making dinner for my family, what I'll do is spend, you know, like you talk about 30 minutes, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little less, just running through a couple of different things that helps me end my day well and prepare for the next day to start the day well. And so, I mean, that'll be things like taking a couple minutes to read, taking a couple minutes just to let my brain relax and step back and try to figure out what's going on inside. Now, granted, I don't have a lot of time to do that these days because half the time I'm running downstairs to help with the baby anyway. So it's just there are times where it works and times where it doesn't. But in the seasons that I've been able to have some kind of a shutdown routine from my workday, it does help me transition into being more present when I'm with my family in the evenings. Tip number six is to turn off notifications for everything but phone calls and messages on your phone. Uh, this kind of harkens back to Francesco <laughs> talking about needing to use the Google Home to add stuff to Todoist. I mean, you obviously probably don't want to pick up your phone, right? To do yeah. that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A <little> lazy. <laughs> well, and, and not only that, as I often find too, even when I have just a couple notifications turned on, if I pick up my phone to do something, I often get distracted by the notifications that are on the screen. Oh, hey, CNN is telling me that there's this cool news story that I probably should check out. I'm going to tap on that. But in reality, I have this idea that I need to get noted down in drafts or OmniFocus or something like that. And then I completely forget it because I get swept away to someplace else in my phone and completely forget to do the task that I need to do. So that's one of the benefits of turning off notifications for everything but phone calls and messages on your phone. Now, granted, sometimes you can get distracted by messages and phone calls, but when you minimize the amount of things that you're getting distracted by on your phone in that regard, it does help you stay on task a little bit more when you do have to use a phone. The other benefit of it is that you don't get distracted throughout the day when you have stuff going on. I don't work in do not disturb mode on my phone anymore. I used to a little bit because it would get pretty busy getting notifications and stuff, but I've drastically pared down even the amount of applications that I have on my phone. And even from there, the amount of notifications that I have. I literally just have phone calls, messages, and I'll have my security camera that I have outside send me alerts every once in a while too. That's really it. Everything else is hidden or I don't even get a notification for it. And it really helps me stay on task throughout the day because I'm not constantly getting bombarded with pings from work or emails or the latest new story from you know tech meme or whatever it is. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and also it's like the little red dots as well on the screen. You're just like you're like inclined to like want to get rid of them all. So that, that I think that goes off when uh, you're on iOS, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, so like it, when you switch notifications off, they also go off too. So that's like another huge benefit to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of a tricky thing to try to figure out what you need notifications for and what you don't sometimes. But if you just start from ground zero, then you can figure out the absolute necessary notifications from there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, th I I definitely still go with like uh, 
I, I think I go with you. I think I go with like phone calls missed in the red dots and messages, and that's really it. I think I'd have to check, but pretty sure that's the two defaults. So number seven, um, I put down introducing a lunchtime or afternoon run for a booster focus. Um, and this is, I guess, if you're someone that it, uh, you could do this whether you work at home or whether you're in the office. Um, a little bit harder when you're in the office, but I, I used to do it when I was at uh, in an office situation and say spending, say you've got a 45 minute lunch or something like this. Um, having you know 20 minute runs uh, around your local office uh, can be really beneficial. Um, it's almost like having. Uh, you know, sometimes when people are hungry, lose focus, and, and when they eat, um, they really regain the focus. Um, and it's very similar with running; like, just gets the blood flowing. It just gets you thinking better. Um, and I do this like when I come home uh, from the gym. Uh, I'll have like a, a, a thirty-minute lunch where I just cook a lunch from scratch. That's a really nice sort of half an hour break, and then I'll do. A bit of filming, and then I, I tend to lull at like 2.30, 3pm. And when you know your lulls in the day, and you could just literally sketch yourself a graph of how you typically see your energy levels go across a day. And when you see like a lull, it may seem counterintuitive to go on a run. Uh, I think I've said that right. Um, but it actually will make sense because your energy levels can re-bolster in the afternoon. So... Yeah, introducing just a lunchtime if you're lucky to work at home and an afternoon run if you work in an office or you work at home could be a huge uh, winner uh, all round. Yeah, I think that's that's fascinating. I've never really experienced the, hey, I feel more you know, energized and focused after run. Usually I'm tired because <laughs> I'm not like a big runner or anything like that. But one thing I used to do when I was in the corporate world is I would go for an afternoon walk when it, was nice outside anyway half the year around here it's too cold to even go outside it feels like so it's kind of challenging but it does definitely help I, a lot of times i would use those walks not only as a time to regain my focus and take a break but i would also use that as kind of a, a deep work thinking time i know cal newport talks about that in deep work where you know, he would walk home for lunch or after work someday and he would just intention himself to think on a problem or a situation that he needed to process through. And I have tried to do that myself. And since moving, I've done it more outside and in the morning time uh, for those type of, of situations. And then, uh, you know, but previously I would do it in the middle of the afternoon just because like you, I hit a lull in the afternoon. And I just need to get away from the desk for a little while. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Love it. Tip number eight is to reflect on three positive things from your day. One of the things that I like to do at the end of the day, and again, I haven't been very good about doing it recently because everything is different in my life now having a baby. But one of the things I typically like to do at the end of the day is write down three things that I'm thankful for from the day because it just gives me a good frame of, okay, even if this day fell apart, there are at least three things that I can find are good about it. So then I can end the day on a positive note. It really just helps my emotional state and it helps me to just stay focused on the good things in life because it's really easy, especially with news and stuff going on in the world to get swept up in. Oh man, everything's just falling apart. 
you know, and then when we have a bad day on top of it, it feels like the whole world is falling apart. But in reality, that's not true. We just tend to draw our attention to the negative things. And so instead of focusing on the negative, I try to intention myself to focus on the positive things that happen during the day so that I can keep my head above all this crazy stuff that I get incoming at me throughout the rest of the day. It helps keep me in a much better frame of mind. It keeps me in a much more happy state of mind. It's not perfect and my life isn't perfect and I definitely have bad days, but it definitely helps keep me on track anyway. And how do you how do you do it out of curiosity? Do you have like a bit of paper or do you do it in your head or or is it notion now that you do it in? <laughs> <laughs> You're really pushing the notion today. No, I'm oh, just um, working out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I used to do it in day one. Um, but then I just found that I wasn't using that tool as much as I wanted to for the cost that it is. And so I, and when I switched over to using the bullet journal, what I did is I just created a, a spread in the bullet journal where I list the date, you know, the month, and then I have the date and then I go one, two, three, and I just on one line, I'll write something, each line I'll write on something that. I'm grateful for for that day or thankful for for that day. And that's really all I do. I don't do anything fancy. I like keeping it in paper because then I can look back 10 years later at those journals and see what I was grateful for or what happened in my life. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a positive thing of that because who knows what's going to happen to software tools in 10 years because there's a lot of flux in that industry. But paper will be around, that's for sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah good shout. So number nine, um, and this sort of goes back to I guess your paper concept there of obviously like having moments in your day when you need a 50,000 feet view planner. Now I think there's a concept it's in uh, David Allen of these different levels of how you view things. And there's 10,000 feet view where it's, you're fairly close to the task. um, And that could be an actionable task that you're looking at. But when you're up at, you know, like a plane goes up to 50,000 feet, I think. <laughs> um, Somewhere around there anyway. Yeah, the ideal. <laughs> Fact check it while we're... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you can see so much more. Like you can see the curvature of the earth and you can see like a really high level view. So um, alongside, like I have um, my task manager, Todoist, which is my 10,000 feet view in in sort of seeing the next sort of seven days of actionable tasks. But then I have my 50,000 feet view um, inside Notion, and then I can just like see all of the major projects I'm working on. But uh, having one of these has been sort of the biggest productivity change. I used to do it a couple of years in Trello, um, and then I moved to this sort of way of doing it. And, and I haven't really looked back because it helps to guide me. Like each week I can look at it and go, was this last week? focused on this as a collective was i doing these major projects and then i can go okay next week i need to make sure they're aligned so everything you do can be associated with that so that's one of the biggest i guess productivity um hacks that has saved me a lot of time yeah i would have to say that i didn't really discover this (laughs) this approach (laughs) until this last year because i i did the exact same thing um you know actually before i tried to do all of that inside of omnifocus and I kept running into walls with it and kept struggling with it. And, and just it felt like it fell apart every single time. And the reason for that was that OmniFocus is a highly structured tool that's meant to handle 
active things that you're working on or potentially, you know, someday maybe lists and stuff like that. But it's not meant to handle this more nebulous, creative, hey, where are we going in the next three months type of thing. And so that's where I've actually started implementing Notion in my life. It's a really powerful tool for it, but you can do a planner on paper. You can do it in a pages or Word document. You can do it in a mind mapping software. Whatever it is that you choose to do, but having some kind of a, of a different space that you can get into from your rigid outline task manager really does help get above what's going on in your life. I really tend to think it's context switching that is the magic here. When you, when you get out of your task manager, that's really your ground level view and get into something where you can start to see the bigger picture, that makes it a lot easier to make those creative adjustments and get more ideas or tie different ideas together and also make decisions about how you're strategically going to handle the ground level. I mean, you think about like military planners and stuff like that. They don't just get down on the battlefield and say, we're going to do this one thing and then this one thing over here. They tend to look at the bigger picture of the area. Okay, how are we going to strategically handle these situations and these choke points and stuff here? I mean, it's a really random example, but it's very similar. Like you got to look at the big picture of your life and what's going on, the commitments that you have, the ideas that you have, and be able to back up and realistically assess hey, can I, can I do this right now? And am I aligning where I want to go with the things that I'm actively doing on a day-to-day basis? And I really have found that that 50,000-foot view planner helps me to align my long-term objectives and desires and intentions with my day-to-day activities. The last tip for today, number 10, is that when you're feeling stressed, do a mind sweep. This is something that I have found incredibly beneficial. And the reason that I find it that way is not just because I'm doing a traditional getting things done mind sweep where I'm trying to get every open loop off of my mind. I tend to go a little bit further because a lot of times when we think open loop, I think we think task, we think project, we think something that needs to get followed up on, we think something that needs to get resolved in our business world or our personal world, something that needs to be completed. Well, I have expanded that definition for myself to include things that I'm feeling that I don't understand, things that are affecting me, things that I have taken in through the day that I need to process on and think through or let go of because I tend to get caught in some of those things in addition to the tasks and projects and other things that we traditionally call open loops. So what I do when I do a mind sweep is I'll sit down And I'll just start writing. I'll literally take it as a free writing session because it'll not only get these open loops out of my mind, but it'll also get ideas out. It'll get feelings out. It'll get things that will generally hold me back or make me less effective out of my mind and onto paper where I can more effectively process them later. It's a really good tip because so many people just like store this up in their brains and it slowly becomes a bit of a burden on them. Um, and if you do this something like weekly, it can really help to to clear your mind and and make your decisions more um, sort of prioritized. Um, and that's what I found value from in the past from it. It's definitely something that GDD is good at explaining, but if you slim it down, um, you don't necessarily use some of the GTD concepts with it. It can be massively useful. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, I think you're exactly right at the weekly rate of things. I don't necessarily do a mind sweep every day. 
I'll capture stuff along the way, which is kind of a mini mind sweep in a sense. But the big mind sweep for me is the really deep dive. Like, okay, anything that's on my mind, I'm just writing down as it comes out, as it comes to the surface, and then I can process it later. But the other key with it is too, that if you are dealing with stressful situations or you're finding yourself feeling overwhelmed, that's also another good time to do a mind sweep. So make it part of your weekly review is a good habit to get into. But also if you're finding yourself just being unable to think or feeling stressed out about all the things that you have going on on your plate, do a mind sweep because that'll often bring things into a little bit better perspective. Yeah, lovely reflective activity. Yeah, I really think reflection is a big key part of being effective and productive. Well, that wraps up these 10 rapid fire productivity tips for today. Francesco, thanks for joining me on the episode. Thanks so much for having me. It was uh, an honor to be on episode 50. Yeah, well, and an honor to be the guest, right? First guest of the show. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> I feel like uh, I said at the start before, like, because you've been on mine a couple of times and I thought we did one before, but like, I can't believe what the process is at 50 episodes. So congratulations, man. Yeah, thanks. It's been really fun to explore this for the last year. And I mean, when this episode drops, it'll be exactly a year and one month from when we launched last year but yeah it's been it's been a fun year and a fun ride and lots of opportunities uh, to have conversations with people like yourself have cropped up as a result of it but in wrapping up francesco where can people find you yeah no um i'll be available on youtube um just type in keep productive and i'm I'm, whatever software you have you can learn more about that software um or discover something that's more suitable for you So we'll guide you through that stuff. Wonderful. Well, thanks for joining us today on the podcast and we will announce the winners next. That's right, folks. It's time to announce the winners of Francesco's course, How to Find Your Perfect To-Do List App. The winners are Martin D. Barker, Yakov, and Ander. The three of you should have private messages on the community with your giveaway codes. I want to thank all of you who signed up for the giveaway and participated. And also, thanks so much to Francesco for joining me on the podcast and for giving away three copies of his course. That wraps things up for this week. If you want to discuss this episode, head on over to the community at community.effectiveremotework.com. There's other episode discussions that you can find there as well. We'll chat more next week.